this is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Hot Forward Podcast. Now, this week I'm on location, as you can hear, in a tap room because this week's episode is all about tap rooms. And I've come to my favourite tap room, which is the Brewery of St. Mars of the Desert in Attercliffe in Sheffield. Now, Attercliffe is this industrial area of Sheffield. It's, it's not like it's on the beaten track. It's, you totally have to make a point of coming down here and yet, already on a Friday at 25 past 4, it's as busy as, um, which is amazing. And one of the things that really inspired me when I first got into brewing was the American model of brewery, where you'd have this little hick town and then this tap room that served that town where people could go and interact with the brewer, they could talk to them, get to know them, they could go drink the beer and they could find out all about it. And I loved that. And uh, incidentally, Dan is an American and Martha, um, his English wife, uh, they run Brewery St. Martha the Desert. And it's amazing, you know, I love having somewhere like this in Sheffield, um, which, which has that vibe and feel about it. So I thought uh, we'd talk all about tap rooms. A couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine called Carl from Twisted Barrel Brewery uh, took some of his friends to, I think it was five or six different brewery tap rooms in his area. He, he took the bullet, he was a designated driver, big respect to you Carl if you're listening, to basically show his friends what different tap rooms are like and experience all these different beers and, um, and really mixed it up. So I said to him, oh, it'd be great to get you on the podcast to chat about that. So we had a really good chat about tap rooms and what they think makes a good tap room because actually these days having a tap room is it's really pivotal like you need to have a tap room to engage with your customers to to tell them what you're all about to 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 build that kind of allegiance to to you and and your your beers and to to get to know people and to to be a kind of a community hub where people can come and experience um what you're doing so whilst i was here i asked dan and one of their longest standing patrons what they thought made a good brewery tap room. So we're in the brewery of St. Mars of the Desert, um, which if you listened to a previous episode before, you'll have heard the interview with, with Dan, who I'm joined with here, and Dale, who's one of the first patrons of St. Mars of the Desert. Um, what do you guys think makes a good tap room? Well, from my perspective, it's, it's about uh, the experience of tasting the brewery's beers on site is why people want to come to the brewery. So to keep it simple, where you've just got the brewery's beers, um, you've really got the vibe of what you're doing, the br- vibe of the brand, and it's really a place to experience the brewery firsthand mm. um, in a way that you, sh- you should make it feel like it's the home of the beers that you love. So that's sort of what we try to do. Yeah. Dale, how did you discover it? Because it's like, yeah. we're literally in like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I think I s- it popped up on Facebook or something first, and mm. I'd seen it because I work around the corner. I thought, well, I'll have a nosy, but it wasn't open, <laughs> unfortunately. But I've managed to get them open early on yes. Fridays now, so yeah. Because you were saying before we recorded in. how um, 
you were going to open later, weren't you, Dan, in the day? And then you were saying, well, it's all factory workers around here, so yeah. they want a pint at lunch, lunchtime, which yeah. is how, how the pubs of old would have existed around here, on, on people drinking, yeah. you know, a pint at best on a Friday. Or Yeah, I was surprised when somebody, the, f- the first person who came in at like noon or, noon or one o'clock and then said, well, I'll see you after work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize what was going on. I just thought, oh, what, what do you mean, next week? Yeah. <laughs> but then three hours later, there they were again. So uh, yeah, it's yeah. a bit of that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Awesome. So you've had a lot of traction, haven't you, with the tap room here? Yeah. Did you think it would kind of grow like it has? No. No, with the first day we saw, we looked through a little peephole in January when it was really cold out. We saw somebody walking up uh, our courtyard here. We couldn't believe it. Like, how is there somebody actually walking to this point? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then we saw him peeping through the gates. <laughs> like, let me in. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, no one led us to believe that this was going to be good. Right. <laughs> Being out here, but... You know, we kind of loved it, and it reminded us of sort of early days, uh, Brooklyn, and you know when you really have to take a cab out to places that mm. that has the cab driver scratching their head, like why there's no way you're dressed out for going out right now, and you're I'm driving you to that neighborhood, but um, you know that's what you do when you're industry. They want you know cities want to put you out in places, so yeah. To make it worth people's while to come out to a place is the is I guess the trick. Um, and you know, I don't think I necessarily have the answers for that. Except for like, this has been good so far. Amazing. So, what, I mean, what, what do you like about it, Dale? It just feels homely. That you just can come and have a drink without. It's quite relaxing as well, and mm. just good old-fashioned style of place. That it's not trying to be anything fancy, but it's really good quality drinks and yeah, friendly people that come here. And it's nice for somebody who lives in town to have a little be able to stroll out of town yeah. and come somewhere different. Like Attercliff was not really happening a few mm. years ago. You can see people wandering about by a river, walking up here, and you know they're coming here. Yeah, it's <laughs> so it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you. So there you go. That's their take on what makes a good brewery tap room. Um, if you've not been to Sheffield, then there's some amazing places in Sheffield and I definitely suggest you come and when you do you should make the brewery St Martin's of the Desert one of the first places you visit because it's absolutely phenomenal if you want a good idea of what a tap room should be like then you should totally visit this place it'll just it's just amazing I love it so yeah we're just going to get into this week's episode with Carl from Twisted Wild Brewery make sure you subscribe to the Hot Four podcast get it downloaded straight to your device um, follow us on social media Hot Forward Beers we're on Instagram Twitter Facebook or visit our website hotforward.beer and check out the other podcasts check out what we can do for you and your beer business whether it's to help develop your branding and design work um, give you some brewery or bar consultancy or help develop your business we're here to help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business so here we go Carl from Twisted Bar Brewery I'm going to go back to my beer uh, which is lovely and yeah cheers so today on the Hot Four podcast, we welcome Carl Marshall, the, the Enigma from Twisted Barrel Brewery. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Hello. Cool. I, I say the Enigma because I, I can't see you on the video. You're just like in the shadows. 
Yeah, that's how I like to be. That's uh, we've kept the identity. We've got the identity of this brewer hidden for security purposes. <laughs> cool. So I, th- I think we've met briefly before, haven't we? Did you yeah. come to the beer o'clock Sheffield Crimbo Crawl? With, yeah, I did. You, did you come uh, with Jim Rangeley from Abbeydale? Is that yes. right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I didn't get to chat to you properly then. Um, uh, I listened to a lot what you had to say though. It's all very interesting. Oh, that's good because normally what comes out of my mouth is utter crap. <laughs> that's how, that's why I perceive it. Um, I was I was telling somebody about imposter syndrome the other day, and um, the analogy I get in my head so often is like on Lord of the Rings when um, Gollum sort of accuses people. <laughs> um, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, I can kind of see that a little bit, um, but I think with Bruin as well in general, you always the person behind the beer yeah. really so you're never really at the forefront of it. everyone really kind of tastes the beer unless you go to a meet the brewer or tap takeover no one actually knows who actually brews the beer anyway mm. so um i wouldn't expect any, anyone to know who i am walking down like into a bar or anything like yes, that it's not like, oh it's... carl marshall just walked in <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That, to be fair that would freak me out yeah. <laughs> excuse me can i have your autograph please <laughs> Can you sign my uh, my pint glass? <laughs> I'll probably end up just buying him a drink, to be oh, honest with you. There you go. So um, how, how was, if you remember it, uh, how was the beer the beer o'clock Christmas crawl? Uh, it was really good, actually. Um, I've tend to do pretty much every single year. Um, so, yeah, we did in Sheffield. Um, I think the last one that we went to was Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this year's up in Manchester, isn't it? Is it is in Manchester. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. to. I'm hoping to go this year. Yeah, it's, it's always a good laugh. To yeah, be honest it's, with you. Um, it's always a good crowd as well. Uh, um, last, well, when we went to Sheffield, brought a couple of the Midlands um, people up with us as well right. from the Midlands Beer Blog. And yeah, yeah, it was just nice to kind of get a different, like, different view of different pubs and different areas because. The more that you kind of travel around the UK, the more that you actually realise how how every different city has a different kind of, I would say, beer culture, but a, a way of kind of beer is actually perceived, mm. which is quite interesting. Well, Sheffield's quite unique because it's so cask-dominated. I mean, if you want a cracking pint of cask beer, you come to Sheffield. Mm. But what Sheffield's really lacks, only until fairly recently, not that there's that many, are, are the real... I hate the word craft yeah but, but I, I use it because everyone know you know what i mean um <laughs> but it's th- those kind of like quote-unquote craft type brews i mean abbeydale are obviously pushing on with their emporium stuff and the funk dungeon and everything mm-hmm. and then you've got st mars of the desert that i just set up who who have really people have really kind of latched onto. yeah yeah um, but at first they struggled selling beer because people would be like hang on if you, you've not got anything that's 4.1 percent in cask mm-hmm. Yeah, but you've got quite a few good uh, bottle shops as well. You've got like Beer Central, you've got Hop Hide Out. Yeah, the bottle uh, shops are great. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Walkie Beer Co. is really good. That's just literally yeah. around the corner from where I am. So, <laughs> how I mean, unfortunate. <laughs> in, in, well, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't get out as much as I'd like. I, I walk past it and run past it, and so often I'm just like, I should really go in there today. But then it's just like, oh, I've got to, you know, go up to the school run or do something else. So, yeah, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, why don't you just tell all this a little bit about you and Twisted Barrel Brewery, which is where you're at. Okay, cool. Um, well, Twisted Barrel Brewery um, basically been going, if I remember right now, for about five years. Um, I joined them about three years ago. Um, 
my personal journey i've been brewing for probably well i say professionally but in breweries uh <laughs> for about four and a half years mm. maybe coming up to five years actually now um before that i was home brewing for a, a long time um so yeah uh, there's I, I wanted to stay in coventry i wanted to stay in the west midlands got a lot of family here um and basically twisted barrel um were kind enough to let me join them um and since we've been there for i've been there for three years um we've seemed to have kind of grown from strength to strength and kind of spread it out the kind of west midlands area Mm. um managed to reach up to scotland down to london um started doing cans now as well like everyone else perhaps (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it we seem to have kind of progressed um with the times which is quite shocking considering west midlands is pretty much well known for lacking behind everyone Mm. apparently all the time so um yeah we seem to be kind of trying to push up front with a lot of the other breweries that are doing kind of the newer styles of beer but still kind of retaining our kind of core values to like twisting up modern well um kind of old style um traditional style beers mm. um, with a kind of modern twist um so might as well say it i we we brew mild uh, <laughs> i think it seems to be the flavor of the month it, I was say, it's made a bit of a comeback hasn't it <laughs> yeah I, I think the whole mild in may as well has actually kind of uh pushed it a little bit as well this year you don't you, well we haven't really seen um, such an impact like with the mild in May um, as there has been this year. And mm. I think maybe because, like I was saying, with all the newer stars of beer, people are starting to look more to a traditional kind of thing. But we seem to be fitting in quite well with both genres, really. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> See, I think it's interesting because, um, like... It's almost gone full circle because obviously historically the UK brewed certain styles of beer and then um, you get breweries like Sierra Nevada that base um, pale ale on um, Fuller's ESB and then but add their own twist onto it and make it hoppier and then that kind of gets exported from the States back to the UK. And then everyone's like, oh, let's make these hoppy beers and it kind of goes round and round. And then it... Like I, I was saying last year to some of my friends in the industry, like I, c- I can see a point where there's going to be beer fatigue, where it's kind of like because everything's like cranked up to eleven all the time, mm-hmm. people are going to be like, you know what, like I, I, I really miss a really well brewed best bitter, or a you know a porter or something, you know, just like a really well brewed classic style. So it's actually quite nice, I think, mm-hmm. to see people like Marble with their bitter, yeah, and um, ESB is making a comeback. And like I said, the mild, um, yeah. I mean, I mean that that's not to put any kind of say anything detrimental to any of the traditional brewers that are still brewing really good milds or really good like classic stouts or mm. um, things like that. It's just adding to the portfolio of beers that are actually out there. Yeah, so it's it's, um, it, it's it's a really good time for beer drinkers at the minute. And to see like newer age craft breweries, um, like saying craft would again, it's really <laughs> yeah. newer newer age breweries, um, kind of 
reaching out to their traditional roots it is, it's quite it's quite pleasing and you do learn a lot of stuff in the brewing industry through that mm. but also looking to kind of the newer breweries that are making like new england ipa still and uh hoppy pails and stuff like that it you have to be well adverse to to all styles of beer to actually kind of get along in the beer world now Absolutely. to sell beer well i looked on um the beer list at twister barrel uh, at your tap room uh, which we'll come on to and i was like wow there's loads of different styles i was like i, I want to go <laughs> it looks ama- it looks amazing yeah and uh, we, we, tr- we try and cater for everyone i mean it it every, there's everyone's got different tastes everyone appreciates different styles of beer everyone different appreciates different things in in drinking so why not trying to cover a broad range make them really really well and make everyone come to you it, mm. it, for us it kind of makes sense doing that way um you, you're not really going to attract everyone to you if you you brew in the same kind of hoppy pails yep. there's only going to be one type of clientele really yeah absolutely now you you recently undertook a little project to be a designated driver yes <laughs> you, yes, you, you, you took the bullet <laughs> and to, to drive some friends around various tap rooms mm-hmm. like tell us about that experience <laughs> like i mean wh- why it was, it, first of all it was very painful i can imagine <laughs> um i managed i managed to pick up um well the best thing about a lot of the tap rooms they tend to have uh takeout now yep so i didn't really miss out on the uh the drinking side of it i made sure i made up for it the next day <laughs> um but um i i just kind of wanted to do something from for my friends really mm. um all of them are in into beer um in the kind of broad sense of the word that they enjoy <laughs> um but they've only really been to kind of local bottle shops local tap rooms or um have haven't really got the kind of full scope of the variety that's actually in the UK at the minute. Mm. So, um, one of my friends, um, is, uh, well, it, well, his, his wife was, is pregnant now. I don't know, I don't know whether or not she's gave birth. Yet. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, I, I kind of wanted to do something for, um, for him and, uh, our friends as well. Just as kind of like chill out, you're probably going to be busy over the next couple of months, <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let, let's kind of have a kind of little blowout kind of thing and I'll take you around. So we're trying to kind of get a variety in the different tap rooms that we went to um, and try to take it a little bit out of the kind of more traditional industrial estate kind of beer crawl kind of, um atmosphere as well so mm. um can i say what tap room is yeah go for it yeah, yeah, yeah. okay cool so um so first of all uh went to wild weather ales don't make me tell you because i really <laughs> have no idea now well, that's what uh, google's for people can just go on google anyone yeah, listen yeah. to this is like where's that go on google <laughs> okay I feel like I need to bring the list up, actually. Just... Oh, <laughs> I actually was really, really kind of um, strict with everything when I was doing this. Okay, so... Um... You haven't got the excuse that you were drunk and you can't remember. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I wanted to make sure that I got round to every single one, uh, first of all. 
which involved probably about midway through the afternoon, everyone ringing their partners and saying, actually, we're not going to be back, <laughs> which, which was quite hilarious. Anyway, so uh, the first one that we went to was Wild Weather Rails. Uh, the next one that we went to was West Berkshire. Uh, we went to Witchwood Brewery, uh, Double Barrel, Siren, and Tap Social. So quite a, a different mix. Yeah, quite eclectic. And, uh... Yeah, I, I found the hardest part of it all, well, visiting them all, was probably trying to get to on with the times that they were actually open. Right. Because they all pretty much staggered mm. different times, opening times and closing times. Um so yeah it, it weren't just like a normal 12 till five o'clock opening yeah. for each of them which to be honest with you probably helps a lot as well because uh wild weather opened at 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> so we managed to start off quite well there um yeah so anyone that hasn't been to wild weather um before their their taps pretty much built into the brewery uh and it's, if I remember right, it's about six taps on there. Um, they've got a can fridge as well. Um, Ian, the owner, was there as well, just to talk us through a few things and his beers that he has. Um, predominantly at the moment, uh, they're making a, a lot of sours, but um, they do a very nice blueberry imperial stout as well. Um, they've just upped from canning and 330s to 440s right. as well. So it was, it was quite interesting to see why they did that and um the range of styles of beers that they actually had on mm. um as well on it, it it was quite different compared to a lot of the other taps that i've been to where it was just basically pails and stouts dark yep. beers so it, it was a nice way to kind of start the day so when you say the tap room was in the brewery like physically in Literally the production in the brewery, brewery. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah having worked in a brewery where that was the case myself it's a mm. right pain <laughs> yeah I, I, I can imagine how it was for them like especially if they get a busy day yeah there's there is seating outside so they do put seating outside but as for space in the actual brewery itself to drink it it, can, it could get quite crowded <laughs> <laughs> But um, it, they're, they're very welcoming, um, really kind of open to answer any kind of questions that any of us all had about the brewery itself, um, about the beers that they make. Um, they've got really kind of unique artwork on their cans and all their pump clips as well. So it was really interesting just to kind of see that firsthand and how they all kind of mixed together. Mm. So yeah, it it is it's quite good. Um it it was probably one of the smallest breweries of of the day as in for kind of not necessarily uh like brewing size, yeah. but actual breweries how much little space how little space there actually yeah. is in the brewery everything was all crammed in on top of each other but it, that kind of makes the environment as well it mm. kind of makes the atmosphere amazing so where did you head on to next after that west berkshire um they just basically got well i say just but i think it's been a fair few months where they've just got a new kit right um don't tell me the hectolitre size. Don't ask the hectolitre size because I have no idea, but it's big. This it's is a big the kit. brewery that <laughs> Yeasty Boys brewed out of, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
it's a big brewery literally in the middle of nowhere right <laughs> um, it, it's on like a farm estate um go down a lot of country roads just to find it near enough mr turning um but I got into the car park and it was absolutely rammed in there um by the time we got there it was probably about half 11 12 so midday um they'd been open for about an hour um but it must have just been full of locals um they've got a little shop when you walk into like the, the tap area um and unlike uh wild weather the tap room is literally like off from the brewery but you can still see the brewery behind mm. a big sheets of glass um they've got a nice bar area a nice seating area they do uh food there as well um and they've also got a little shop at the front um and a lot of seating outside so yeah it was, it was and the beer was like cask beer um well traditional kind of cask beer they had a couple of yeasty boys beers on keg as well um oh, nice. yeah they did soft drinks um which was good for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, no uh, alcohol-free ones. Shame, shame. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, after that, uh, we went over to Witch, Witchwood Brewery, um, home of the famous Hobgoblin, um, and the, uh, the the world famous now uh, Hobgoblin IPA um, that won gold in the... Um, Beer Awards, if I remember wow, right, over in America. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Best IP, English IPA style IPA in the world, apparently. Um, so I went over there, um, met up with uh, John Tilson, who's the head brewer over there. Um, uh, sat with us and had a little had a drink with us in the bar. They uh, had a experimental beer on as well, which was which was pretty exciting to try. What, 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 what wasn't a mild, was it? <laughs> No, 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 it wasn't wild. No. It, it, was, it was a kind of gold ale, but it was a single hop gold ale. Right. Gold ale, but I can't remember what the hop was now. I'm pretty sure I tweeted about it because um, so I was just just taken back by that. I was like, Hobgoblin? Like, which would are doing the single hop experiment cask? So, I mean, what was that like? Because that's, that's like, I can't imagine most beer fans... <laughs> Like us, I was trying to think of the right word. The right yeah, phrase. Yeah, yeah, what, I'm yeah. like, what, what do I, what do I call myself? Um, well, how, <laughs> how would I categorise us? I can't imagine people like you, me, mm. really sort of choosing to to go somewhere like that on a, you know. That, that's exactly why I did it. Um, it. It stood out for me as a kind of a classic example of a, a traditional ale kind of beer, mm. um, and. A brewery that produces that kind of style of beer um and it was just interesting to see that they had a tap room so they're keeping up with the whole kind of uh aspect of the americanization of breweries over here yeah. introducing tap rooms and that as well so it's nice to actually see that it was full with locals as well um and uh yeah they had a uh, three or four cast lines on and they had a couple of bottles in the in the fridge as well so if you liked hobgoblin and <laughs> witchwood beers um it it would have been it's, it's a good place to really go to um and i must say actually they did keep the beer really really well on mm. cask so i there's there's no two i can't really knock them really for that well see it'd be interesting going somewhere like that where particularly with 
a, a beer like I guess like Hoggoblin because it's, it's something you see in you know when you go into yeah the, quote unquote those type of pubs <laughs> you, you know <laughs> everyone has one round the corner from them and you yeah. go in and it's like oh great and you you know you know it's not looked after and it's mm. really warm and all the rest of it it's like that's, yeah. that's foul but like trying that at the source you know I'd be really interested to see what that tastes like I'm, I'm probably going to go out of the way and say it was actually like it shocked me and it, it's a really good beer <laughs> wow well, you heard, that's recorded as well <laughs> yeah I know soundbite <laughs> I, see I'll be really interested now because I haven't had gob- Hobgoblin for ages um, well actually saying that the last time that I had Hobgoblin um, it was Hobgoblin IPA and it was on keg, and it was over in Tokyo. Uh, <laughs> so, get what your mind around that? As you do. <laughs> yeah, and it actually tasted all right. It, it maybe the hops have faded quite a bit, mm. but it still tastes like a. I don't think it would have tasted any different in a in a pub in the UK that that had it on perhaps a little bit too long does that make any sense yeah that made, that makes sense yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I, I didn't feel like i was actually missing out on anything at all um yeah so it, I, I would like to go back to another pub locally and, and try hobgoblin on cask and actually go um yeah you, you need to look after your beer a little bit better mm. and that, that 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 could actually be a, a standard yeah. <laughs> Wow! Like gold sealed to actually <laughs> set. Like if this pub's not actually serving hobgoblin, correct? Don't <laughs> yeah, serve your beer yeah. to them. <laughs> there's the there's the acid test right there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I I was pleasantly surprised by it. It was it was uh, quaint. It was um, very tra- traditional. Uh, the tap room was kind of like a old style pub. Kind of villagey um, pub, so yeah, it, they knew their market very well, and they knew who they are appealing to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I, I think they were quite shocked when they seen a lot of young kids walking. One <laughs> the anyway, uh, the one after that, we went to Double Barrel. Um, I think it's one of the f- one of the latest breweries in Reading, okay. um, and uh, I've seen a lot of kind of buzz and um fuss about them uh recently and um i thought why not miniara pop in um and yeah I, I was very very impressed with them actually um it was a uh, back on industrial estate again but not too far from the city center um quite easy to drive to actually mm. um and yeah, nice big space. Uh, the tap room is basically in front of all the brewing kit. Um, they've got a fridge. Well, they've got a couple of shelves of well, a couple of fridges actually with quite a few shelves on. Actually built into the cold store. So all the beer, all the cans, guest cans, and all the uh, all their own cans are like really well kept and really well looked after. Um, you can just about glimpse the the brewery if you're kind of lucky enough and angle yourself enough when you're having a drink. Um, the toilets were really really nice as well. Um, <laughs> this this might sound really random, but um, out of a lot of the places that we went to, um, 
I, I was quite surprised how well the toilets were. <laughs> um, it, it, it seems to be that a lot of the breweries are actually looking after the toilets quite well in their tap rooms, quite which which is excellent to be honest with you. Um, but we laugh and joke about that. But it's, yeah. it's such a. I mean, obviously you drink a lot of beer. You yeah. need a wee, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so it's like, you know, and I've I've been to, I've been out to places like with my family and stuff. And if you go somewhere and the toilet's really bad, it, that that experience alone could be like, I don't want to come back here. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I, so yeah, I was, I was it. It was one of the points that kind of st- stood out in my head. Maybe because <laughs> maybe because I hadn't actually been drinking, <laughs> and I was like really gasping for a, a drink at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's but, like clutching um, at straws or something. Yeah, yeah. Give me something from this. <laughs> I need to find something nice about every single place. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, like space was really really nice. Um, they got a nice big seating area. I can imagine them being able to fit more tables and chairs in um like at a later date hmm. uh the the tap wall that they've got um i think it's probably about 10 12 taps on so um it's quite good and they were the first place that had uh non-alcoholic beer right so i was happy <laughs> you got your hops in but, there at last yeah well <laughs> The beer that I had was uh, Lucky Saint, if I remember right. It's a newish uh, non-alcohol lager. So, but it, it tasted really good. I've been drinking a lot of the Heineken Nord Percent stuff lately, so it, it was a nice kind of transformation onto it. To be honest with you. Mm. Um, but what else? Uh, yeah, it was, it was just just a really nice tap room. I, I, it was very clean. Um, staff were very friendly as well um it, it just had had a really good atmosphere to it yeah and then after yeah. that you went on to siren, siren. yeah yeah is that so uh, that's, that's where you ended the night no nope. <laughs> oh no all right so there's more okay <laughs> i thought that was gonna be like the grand finale but no 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 um well siren i i hadn't actually been to i've been to elusive which is right around the corner before mm. but i never actually got round to siren um, and since they put their new little tap room in, um, I just just wanted to see it really. Um, and that's a bit of a kick in the teeth for you, being the designated driver going to that one. <laughs> well, th- that was the first time that I, it kind of hit me a little bit. Walked in there, um, I said, "Oh, you got any like non-alcoholic beer?" And he went, "No." And then uh, I said, "You got any diet coke?" And he went, "Yeah." And he, he just looked at me like, "I feel sorry for you." Just kind of. This is where you start welling up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They, they had, like, uh, uh, if I remember right, they had like all the well, two of the core range beers on. So they had Soundwave and Liquid Mistress on Kevin. Mm. Um, and then they had like all their impy stouts on, and, oh. and they had. Uh, I think they had Maiden on that weekend as well, and I was just looking at the board going, I really hate this. I really wish I, n- <laughs> I never actually did this at all now. Um, but it, the tap room itself is um, quite quaint, actually. It's quite small. Um, I was expecting it to be a little bit bigger, hmm. but I understand that during the summer and that everyone would want to go outside anyway because it was looking a bit of a sun trap when we turned up. Um but it was a bit windy, a bit cold, so we <laughs> we stayed indoors. But um, yeah, seats were lovely. We actually ended up talking to a lovely couple on the table. We shared the table with a couple of people. Um, yeah, uh, had a 
little bit of uh, a merch stand at the back as well and they had a, a bit of street food outside so yeah it was, it was a nice little tap room actually really would probably go there again when I'm not driving I definitely brought some bottles back with me so don't worry about that <laughs> yeah, good. Um, and then the last one we only went to this one because we knew that it was open till late um, and it was on the way back to Coventry um, and Birmingham so tap social in Oxford um i'll try and get this right now uh they basically hire or help train um people that are coming out of jail or still in jail so it's like a social enterprise Mm. um and they kind of try and um kind of integrate get them to integrate back into society and again so it's 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 a really kind of worthwhile kind of brewery really and and it brings another dimension to not just making beer really so it it was a place that really stood out for me to want to go to um managed to get there quite late um didn't know what to expect turned up there was uh like a craft kind of food store outside walked straight into this little um door in, in the big industrial building and there was loud jazz music going on um uh, there was a nice big bar at the back the place was rammed um people were dancing <laughs> singing. um and there was literally no space at all so we managed to grab um, a couple of drinks at the bar and then we worked our way up because i've got an actual mezzanine floor right um upstairs so we went up there and then uh just basically hung out up there um, till about 11 and then uh, uh, headed off home. But from the mezzanine floor, you could have a look out toward the brewing area behind the bar. Um, yeah, it, it, it's very kind of bohemian in there as well. There was like rug carpet um, on the floor and uh, like sofas all over the place and like secondhand stuff. It, mm. it was it's quite it's cool it, it added like a really nice vibe to it as well and there was all like just literally everyone there as well so it you just felt welcome amazing so on on reflection then what were your main observations about that all the sort of tap rooms that kind of the overarching theme toilets aside that um that you visited like what what, uh, what did you take away obviously other than beer <laughs> um, um, what did you take away from that experience as a sort of overarching theme that uh in rural communities and in uh kind of outside the main kind of cities there is a thriving even if the breweries on an industrial state, there is a thriving beer scene mm. there where do come and enjoy beer. And it is people. It isn't just one particular type of person that yeah. that does come to these kind of places. It, it is, it is literally everyone, um, children as well. Um, it, it seems to be like breweries have slowly becoming like a, a, an attraction now Yeah, for people to come to, um, and just spend time there. And, instead of going down the pub where you go and see the same old people coming to the brewery you don't know who you're going to meet um and everyone that i actually met there and spoken to was super friendly mm. like out of this world friendly and um i don't think that gets talked about enough to be honest with you 
do you think breweries and brewery tap rooms then are becoming like the new pub um yeah i i think they're holding together communities a little bit um there's still a long way to go um and i think the more it sounds bad but the more pubs that do close down um the more places people will find to go um and breweries have been popping up all over the place over the past five years quite dramatically Mm. so chances are that you are near a brewery and the chances are that that brewery probably does need to have cash flow somehow and open a tap room there yeah um so chances are if you if you look on google try and find the nearest brewery to you and pop down and see what you find Mm. that's that's probably my my biggest take from it yeah do you think then it's a necessity these days for breweries like like yourselves at Twisted Barrel to have a, their own tap room, or do you think people still can make it on their own steam through traditional methods, selling to public houses or bars or specialty retailers? Um, it depends who you want your audience to be. I would say um, for the newer generation of drinkers, I would probably say most definitely. Um, I, I think it's more they've grown up with this now yeah. Uh, rather than going to a pub. Um, so they kind of demand it <laughs> in that kind of instance. Um, for the older generation, um, it, it, it you probably can find it a little bit tricky to go into these places. I mean, it might be a bit scary for them <laughs> to even come in, mm. but getting out of their comfort zone and all they see is young people drinking like – hoppy beers yeah. and they're not necessarily used to it so to try and make it accommodating as possible is probably the the best thing to do really i i feel that breweries probably would need to do it nowadays because there's so much competition out there and like i said you you need that cash flow coming yeah. in um it'll be ridiculous not to but um as for actually getting people in and people wanting it um i think there's probably a long way to go for that but to beat pubs mm. but i think it will steadily get there i mean there's and it's really it's not really about overtaking anyone really i think there's a, a place for pubs in society and there's places for like tap rooms in society as well yeah do you think then with an ever increasing amount of breweries and particularly the ones coming to the realizations like Witchwood that they've can make a much better margin through direct sales and, and they need to have that kind of um customer front facing shop window as it were mm. um you know with all these breweries opening tap rooms i mean what, what do you think that will do to the pub trade and and do you, do you think the market will become oversaturated um with tap rooms for breweries as well so do, do you know how it's kind of like well there's mm. only limited lines but there's more breweries so we're on rotation all of a sudden all these breweries yeah. got tap rooms and it's kind of like there's the competition then between oh well are you going to go to siren craft this week or are you going to mm. go to this other brewery or wherever i think because of the brewing industry is is quite close-knit um everyone does know each other even though we are in competition it we try to make everyone else succeed at the same time so i i, I don't see um tap rooms in say manchester and london affecting tap rooms in say birmingham mm. um i think there's pubs and bars that will probably still buy um Manchester breweries in Birmingham or London breweries uh, in Birmingham and the same as uh, Manchester pubs and uh, bars buying 
beer from Birmingham. I mean, yep. there's a, there's a lot out there now. There's there's a massive choice for people to drink, and there's a lot of different breweries doing different styles of beers and doing really unique things. I I, I see that. I don't see an end to it. Yep. <laughs> to be honest with you, mm. um, I think the the end will probably be when we're all brewing same beer again and yes some might argue that that's happening now with hoppy pails and new england ipas but there's a lot more breweries out there than those just doing them beers (laughs) so Mm. um people are going to just change their tastes all all the time and brewers is going to keep up with that there's going to be a point where there's going to be too many but i don't think there it's reached that point yet yeah. Maybe there's too many beers rather than too many breweries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I think it's great the the whole tight room model, and and I think it's been brilliant to see in, in someone like Sheffield Rhine base just see that flourish and 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 that become more of the norm. Um, but you know, it it can be quite difficult because like we've taken the model from America, but like in America, that a particular brewery in a town might be the only one or one of two, yeah. you know, and the next town is 70 miles away. Mm. Whereas in like Sheffield, they're on every corner, <laughs> you yeah. know, literally I could stand at the front of Sheffield brewery and sort of peer and like, uh, yep, there's Neeps end mm. their doors open yet. Yeah. <laughs> their tap rooms open as well. You know. I, 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 I think it, you have got hit the nail on the head there a little bit because a lot of the, uh, breweries are set up for tap rooms for this because they can't really distribute or can't mm. sell 21 out so that is where they have to make their money whereas over in the uk we can pretty much sell there's no real laws dictating who we can or can't sell to in that kind of respect mm. so um i don't think the breweries and tap rooms will suffer or the pubs will suffer i think if anything it'll probably be like bottle shops or yeah. small bars and stuff like that or micro pubs not not the bigger kind of branch pubs or bar chains that are out there or the the well-established ones i it, it's going to be a tough time for any kind of one starting up a bottle shop or or have started up a bottle shop mm. So what what ingredients do you think make for a good tap room? I mean, and and what should customers expect from a brewery tap room? Okay. Um, well, other than good toilets, obviously. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, make sure your toilets are very clean. Um, what I'd probably say is um, the thing is inclusivity and diversity, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean. Um, with people actually being in there because you don't just automatically get a diverse population turn up at your tap room. You have to make it there by being diverse in the first place. So um, down to the music that you actually play in the tap, um, down to what beers you actually serve. Um, if you put on any kind of talks or bands during the weekend or um do homebrew clubs um if there's space there make it um accessible for everyone for anyone that has any kind of disabilities um i think that's a major one as well mm-hmm. um because how many people have, have you seen that uh well disability is very very hard to say because you can have a disability without anyone knowing but yeah, yeah. anyone in a wheelchair um how many people have you seen um in a wheelchair 
in a tap room. So it's it's very very rare for that that mm. to happen. To make it accessible for everyone, you need to do all them things, and then hopefully by making um, diverse music, diverse talks in the tap room, diverse beers, you attract that diverse crowd in, um, and then they enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring it in that way. So where do you see the taproom model going over the next five years? Good question. Because people are going to want to surely distinguish themselves from one another. Now, obviously, you Mm -hmm. you get someone who injects their own personality into it. So I think you'll always get that. Like like St. Miles of the Desert in Sheffield, it's just a little thing, but Dan Mm -hmm. and Martha have got a, a, a record player and they put on some yeah, like, yeah. Re, you know re, really eclectic vinyl yeah uh, that, that sounds exactly like uh, a place called rock and roll um uh, brew house in right. uh, birmingham uh they basically put a set list up um at <laughs> at the beginning of the day and they just basically be vinyls straight through where you can just go in there and enjoy like caspia mm. and it, it's really kind of chilled out place and that's that's that kind of diversity as well mm. um and uh I, as as for the model in the next five years um i think brewers still do it because brewers will probably feel the need to actually have a tap at their brewery yeah at all times whether or not it would be a big tap or a small tap but you might find them branching out a little bit more um not necessarily making tap houses or um tap rooms but um open smaller micro pubs yeah around the city maybe the city that they're in or further afield i mean you've seen that with like the experiment down in london uh you've seen that with the Cloudwater one as well um there's a fixed wheel brewery down um in uh stalbridge um who've just opened a couple of micro pubs now as well and branched out that way um so there's going to be a come a point where maybe the brewery owns their own kind of enterprise mm. to an extent. Um, and then it's like, well, are we just becoming Marston's? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I suppose to an extent like Brewdog effectively mm-hmm. is is the modern version of, you know, with, yeah, with, yeah. Their, their, with all their estates and stuff. And, you know, you think about um, Goose Island, and obviously it's AB and Bev, own goose island but like you think about the, the is it shoreditch it's in um the think goose, so yeah. yeah you know and and I, like i'm sure that's not going to be the only goose island bar in the uk you know and, and mckellar as well mckellar yeah. started doing a couple of pop-up places one over in portland um and a couple of um i swear they've done one east europe as well so they're, they're trialing these areas as well um but to do all that you need money yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, the only way that you're probably going to be able to get money is by having a smaller tap room at your place to begin with, or sell loads of beer. Yeah. So I, big enough kits. So I guess that sort of brings us full circle to what we were talking about before we start recording about um, like Beaver Town and and brands, and because yeah. you know it would surprise me if you saw some Beaver Town bars open. Oh yeah. Um, you know, across well, they've the- got uh, got the bar in uh, Tottenham, haven't they? Now? Yeah. Yeah so looks amazing to be honest with you <laughs> yeah i'm sure it is you know um absolutely um well it's been great having you on the podcast carl um yes i mean i'd I'd love to come down to twistle barrel sometime 
um, and and drink all those fine beers. Um, just just for people listening to this who are like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm, I want to go, want to go to Coventry, um, <laughs> which is a sentence most people probably will never say. Um, <laughs> but like, um, how how can people find out about you and pay pay you guys a visit? Well, Twist Barrels always on all social medias. So um, I think it's at Twist Barrel Ale um, on Twitter, um, Twisted Barrel on Facebook. We've got um, a website, twistedbarrelale.co.uk, and that's uh, got an updated tap list on all the time as well. So if you haven't got any of them social medias, you can go on that. But otherwise, um, we're based in Fargo Village, um, just about five-minute walk out of the city centre of Coventry. Um, mm. It's kind of an arts and craft kind of um little village so we've got a vinyl shop there we've got a scooter shop there we've got a coffee shop there um we've got barbers there um comic book shop so it's it's like a it's a nice nice little place to spend a day really and, and grab a beer um but we're we tend to be open from uh two till ten wednesday thursday and sunday and 12 till 12 friday and saturday yeah, amazing brill. So, Carl, thanks for being on the podcast and um, I hope to catch up again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Hot Forward podcast this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, follow us on social media at Hot Forward Beers and visit our website hotforward.beer for more articles, insights and a range of services aimed at helping you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. Until next time, cheers. Right, you get three pints of uh, litter bag, uh,